Well, grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen. So how did your uh, free trial of 2023 go? We've all had our free sample week, so are you going to keep your subscription? Or are you going to cancel? You like it? Is this going to be a good year? Mediocre year? Bad year? All right, maybe that's not a fair question to ask, though, because you can't judge an entire year just based on the first week, right? We have no idea what the rest of this year will bring. Well, then again, we do still judge many things in our lives after only a brief preview. We do judge the book by its cover. Like we watch a 30-second TV commercial and decide if we want to buy that product. We watch a two-minute movie trailer and decide if we want to watch the whole thing. We get a free sample spoon to decide what flavor ice cream we want. So often, we decide something with only limited information. And from that limited information, we decide if we like it or not. And, of course, we do the same thing with other people. Before we even talk to somebody, we make a snap judgment about them. Right? That first impression. We decide if we like them, if they're attractive, if they're smart, if they're aggressive. We decide all these things about them. In fact, in 2016, there was a study conducted at Princeton. 128 undergraduate students were shown pictures of 64 amateur actors, 32 men and 32 women. All of the actors in their pictures wore gray t-shirts, had no facial hair or makeup, and had a neutral expression. The study found that the participants made a first impression of each actor within just a tenth of a second. That's barely any time at all. Put that in perspective, the blink of a human eye takes a third of a second. So this study is saying that we're making our first impressions of people three times faster than the blink of an eye. It's no wonder, then, why we spend so much time trying to get people to like us. Right? We want them to like what they see. We want them to like that free sample and want more of us. Right? We see it online when there's that ego boost every time somebody clicks that little like icon. We see it offline, too. Think about kids in school who want to have friends. Think about adults in the workforce who want their work to be appreciated. Think about retirees who want to know they're still respected. Right? No matter how old we are, we all want people to like us. We want them to keep their subscription to us, so to speak. But what about God? Does God like us? Does God like you?
I mean, yes, of course, we know that God loves us. That's a given. But there's a difference between loving someone and liking someone. And I don't just mean in the sense that loving someone means you really, really like them. No, I mean in the sense that you really care for somebody, but sometimes they can just be really annoying. You're there for them, but sometimes they get on your nerves. Sometimes they don't listen to you. Sometimes they're a pain in the butt. In other words, you would lay down your life for this person, but there's no way you're letting them use your phone charger. (laughs) That sort of thing, right? So let me ask you again. Do you think God likes you? Well, part of the problem here, of course, is that God has known you since before you were born. So that time to make a first impression is long gone. So then what do you do? Well, some people then spend the rest of their lives working really hard to make God like them. Because they've learned that that first impression was sinner. Even Martin Luther was plagued with this early on in his life. When he was a monk, he struggled a great deal with his relationship with God. Because he thought that God was always angry at him. He thought he wasn't good enough for God. So he devoted himself to doing all of these good things, but it still didn't feel like enough. You ever felt that way? Either with God or with somebody else? Ever had that feeling that you're not enough? You're not good enough, or smart enough, or pretty enough. You're not young enough, or old enough, or mature enough. You're not tall enough, or athletic enough, or romantic enough, whatever. Right? There are so many times that we are told you are not enough. And what that really means is, if you were just more X, then I would like you. In the same way, you might think if this year were more joyful, then I would like it. If that movie premise looked more exciting, then I might like it. If that ice cream had more chocolate, then I might like it. When God looks at you, though, does God like you? Well, today's gospel reading actually helps us answer that. But before we get there, we need to notice four important details in this scene. First, we are barely into the gospel of Matthew. This is early in the third chapter. So we've had our, our free sample of Matthew, so to speak, but Jesus hasn't really done anything yet. All we've heard so far in this gospel is Jesus' genealogy, Joseph's dream, the visit of the Magi, the escape to Egypt, the massacre of the innocents, and the proclamation of John. 
In all of those scenes, Jesus was a passive participant. Things were happening to him and around him, but he hasn't done anything yet. Second, even though he hasn't really done anything yet, the divine voice still speaks over him. But notice what it says. This is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. The voice says, this is, not you are. In Mark and Luke, the voice says, you are my son, the beloved. So the statement's addressed to Jesus himself. But here, it's addressed to a third party. It's something said about Jesus, not to Jesus. So then who's supposed to hear this? Well, there isn't any mention of a crowd here. So the intended audience is likely us as the readers. This gospel writer wants us to know that Jesus is the Son of God, the Beloved, with whom God is well pleased. Okay, great. So what? That takes us to the third thing. The divine voice could have simply said, this is my Son, the Beloved, and leave it at that. But it added with whom I am well pleased. So the first part, this is my son, the beloved, is like a fancy way of saying, I love him. And the second part, with whom I am well pleased, is like a fancy way of saying, and I like him. Now we might say, well, of course, he's Jesus. Of course the Father would love him and like him. What's the big deal? Well, that takes us to the fourth thing to notice. And the fourth thing is the fact that Jesus was baptized at all. Right? At first, it seems really weird to us to think that Jesus, the sinless one, would be baptized. We understand why John is reluctant to baptize him here. But in his baptism, Jesus meets us where we are. We come to these waters to be washed of our sin and made new. He comes to these waters to take our sins away and carry them to the cross. In the waters of baptism, we give him our sin, and he gives us his mercy. So, given all of this, given that Jesus really hasn't done anything yet, given that the divine voice says something about him, given that the divine voice says that Jesus is not only loved but liked, And given that Jesus meets us where we are, 
I think it's safe to say that this same divine voice says the same thing over you. In other words, even when you haven't really done a thing, God not only loves you, but God also likes you. And God wants others to know that. Right? Yes, you are a sinner. All of us are sinners. But even from the time before you were born, God has liked you. The creator of the universe likes you. God will always like you. This is why we baptize babies. Even before they've done a single thing, all of us are reminded that God loves them and God likes them. Yeah, there are things we do that God doesn't like, but God will always like you. And God wants the whole world to know that. So this promise that God sees us and likes us anyway, it changes things. It puts a spring in your step. It gives you a new outlook on life. It gives you comfort when it seems like nobody else is there for you. So there are times when people will make snap judgments about you in a tenth of a second. There are times when you'll do the same thing to them. There are times that you sin and screw up and don't live the way God wants. But even in all of those times, the waters of baptism have still washed you clean. Jesus has still taken away your sin. And God still likes you. So no matter how your first week of 2023 is gone, or what the rest of this year holds, remember that you are always a beloved child of God. And with you, God is well pleased. In the name of the one who first heard that divine voice, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.